0: War is politics with with bloodshed. Politics with war is war without bloodshed. Man, that line really got me going, brother. I mean, that was, if you're talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, brother, that was the line. Yeah. It really was.
1: It'll stick with you.
0: If you believe we can change the narrative, if you believe we can change our communities, if you believe we can change the outcomes, then we can change the world. I'm Rob Richardson. Welcome to Disruption Now welcome to disruption now i'm your host and moderator rob richardson with me as always is my man uh james keys james man how you doing today man you doing well You're rocking very
1: well very well man thank you for having me man all right well
0: you know good to have you on so we're here to talk about judas and and the black messiah and it was first of all it was a a phenomenal movie and it was great so uh, spoiler alert we're going to talk about the movie so if you haven't seen the movie (laughs) go see it even if you haven't seen the movie It's supposed to be history, James, but it really isn't because we get a different verb. Like, this is my takeaway and I want to get your overall takeaway. Mm -hmm. My takeaway uh, overall was that we don't really learn, surprise, surprise, history and history books from the news or from the media. They haven't told the truth. They haven't even, it's not even, they're not even spinning it. They haven't really told the truth at all about uh, what really happened, about how our government was involved in ways that, uh, might surprise some doesn't surprise anybody here on disruption, but it would surprise people. I think if you haven't seen the movie, you, you are going to be shocked uh, the level of involvement and infiltration that the federal government had towards a 21 community, a 21 year old community organizer that they just had to stop. And I just yeah. thought it was amazing that. Uh, you don't you don't get that level of appreciation, that level of depth in, in, in history books at all. And we have to get our history books from Netflix
1: now. Just, I'm just saying why. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it, that's a It's a good insight. And I'll, but I'll tell you this. That's kind of the norm. You know, history is written always from a certain point of view. And I think in this case and a lot of these things that we see from maybe 50, 60 years ago, uh, we're able to get some firsthand accounts from people who lived it that aren't, so to speak, the official story. Um, right. Actually, uh, a, a week or two ago uh, on "Call It Like I See It," we did we we did the Reconstruction documentary, and that one they, they, uh, Henry Louis Gates put it together, and he it, it was a four hour special of history that history that we we had on a guest who was a double history major he hadn't he hadn't heard of most of that stuff, and it, so it's things that. There are always, in terms of the narrative that's told in in history, things that don't make it, that aren't aren't part of the indoctrination, so to speak. But I think we're fortunate in this case that this is so recent that there are a lot of accounts of what really happened, or at least from different sides of it, so so that us piecing it together after the fact, we can get a more clear uh, whole picture of actually what happened.
0: No, I mean, I actually completely agree when you think about, when you really think about uh, we don't, we don't, we don't usually get the full story. We get half the story. We get, yeah. we get his, his narrative. We get a narrative uh, that's only partially complete. Um, and sometimes it's just completely inaccurate. So, but you <laughs> know, it's, so let's just get straight. So what, what was really interesting line, you know, the, when, how he described politics. And I think yeah. that's so about war, war is politics with bloodshed. Politics is war without bloodshed. Yeah. And, I think if you talk to people pre-2016, not us, but pre a lot, a lot of folks there, oh, aren't you exaggerating saying that politics is war? I mean, you're saying everybody's your enemy. Like, no, it really is war. <laughs> so <it's,
1: laughs> that's really what it is. Um, well, the war happens usually when the politics fails. And so they're yep. both trying to accomplish the same thing, though. You know, they're both who, who's going to make the decisions, how things are going to be. I mean, your, politics is what you try first. And then if politics doesn't work, then you end up in a civil war. Or you, yeah, you end I mean, up in, or a <laughs> revolutionary war, or right. you know, a, the FBI infiltrating, like you said, community organized organizations, or an um, insurrection, the, yeah, or an insurrection. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so,
0: but what was interesting about that, uh, when we, as we talk about war, uh, there was a line, and I, I'm quite sure, knowing J Edgar Hoover, he did say something like this. And J Edgar Hoover, for all those who don't know, was the head of the FBI. He's worshipped by the FBI. I think the, I believe the building is named after him, but there's not a real account. There's just now starting to be a real account for how bad this man was, how much he intruded into people's lives, how much he overstepped the authority
1: of the federal government. And so when you look at this, uh, he said- can I, can I say something real quick as far yeah, as- please, what, please. For context, when when you say bad, because I have the same perspective, but sometimes when people say something like that, it's like, oh, you're just saying that because you don't like him." Well, no, no, no. The, the reason that people like you or myself look at him and say that he was bad is because that he used law enforcement- in ways that are inconsistent with the Constitution, you know, the Fourth Amendment, things like that. They, they, Unreasonable, the the ability to be free from unreasonable search and seizure. J. Edgar Hoover wiped his butt with that. And so we're talking about people who us want to uphold the ideals of this country. And when we see people who don't and who abuse their power when they get in it, then we will say they're quote unquote bad. But (laughs) I think
0: that's a that's well stated, uh, but he, but this is what he said. He said, "What's at stake if we lose this quote war is our way of life," and and I and I do believe that they believe that, and I guess in some ways they were right, right in terms of just pure white superiority. So if they were to yeah. lose their way of life, that and that's what they were fighting for. I look at it as the if you look at what's going on today, that's how that's how some people felt who were. Up there on that capital, Not every Trump supporter felt that way. Some were like, let's just move on. But clearly, there was a section of people that were like, we're losing our way of life. But you well, gotta say standard. it another
1: way. Hey, th- Rob, take our country back. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it sounds about the same to me. But, you know, like, and that's not to say that everyone who, who says that and feels a certain way about it is, you know, just like J. Edgar Hoover. But it's just there are these sentiments that pop up from time to time that involve our way of life or, or you're losing our way of life, uh, or taking our country back from other Americans, uh, presumably. But yeah, <laughs> there's some similarities th- th- with those types of things.
0: No, there really is. Um, you know, when I think about just uh, when, when we really get down to this point about looking at, they didn't go after gangs, right? They didn't go after, it wasn't because it wasn't the narrative that he was violent that they thought he was violent because he really wasn't violent, but that's not that's what they said. But that's not why they were going after him because we got gangs here. We got they had gangs on every corner. But no problem with the gangs there. You notice they weren't infiltrating them. The problem was when he was trying to get the gangs organized. He was trying to get not only black people organized, but also brown people, Puerto Ricans, even white people organized to say, "Look, y'all, we we're all being screwed. Do you see how?" And that scared them. That's why they called it the Messiah. And I'm like. So if you can bring him down, but you can't stop gangs like that tells me it's not about stopping violence. That's not what this is about.
1: Yeah. yeah well, I mean, in the violence, some of this. And I know we'll get into this a little bit later. Some of the 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 violence in the show of force that, in, that the Panthers reflected or that they were a part of them. It, it clearly wasn't what they were about. But that is something that people associated with. And I would say rightfully so. They, they made it a point as a, almost a way of a show of power. They, they wanted to also appear powerful and so forth, but yeah, they weren't running around shooting people on the street just because of a vendetta or because somebody, no. somebody. like it wasn't about law and order, so to speak. It was about subjugation. When you see how they attacked the, the black Panthers, because the black Panthers, what they were ultimately about was about not being subjugated,
0: not being subjugated. That's what they were about. And when I look at, when I look at the, this false equivalence, I'm just going to just jump to that because I think this is a good comparison. Uh, it's a good moment to discuss that this false comparison when they they do this now. But the FBI was talking to the to the to the rat, if you remember, to, I forgot mm-hmm. the guy's name, but the, he was Bill saying, like, O'Neil. Bill O'Neill, yeah, Bill O'Neill, yeah, he was saying, listen, Bill, this is just like you know the pe- Black Panthers are just like the KKK. Said mm-hmm. I like Dr. Martin Luther King and he was fine, but you know, but this we just can't have this. You can't. Sh- this is what it, shoot your way to equality. Like, Hold on, hold on, hold on. I have, I have a few problems with that. I do not think they, – they did do some – some of them did go over the line and should have been held accountable for the Black Panthers, absolutely no doubt. But overall, that wasn't their mission. Their mission was not to be subjugated, to be treated like a man or a woman and to not – just because they were Black people, not have the police just be able to just take away their rights and just say, okay, because I'm the police and you're Black, I get to do whatever you want to. Like, no – I get, to, I get to assert my, uh, my Second Amendment rights as I've been told by the Constitution of the United States. And then when they did that, they're like, no, we're not comfortable with black people saying they have Second Amendment rights <laughs> using their guns and telling us they're going to use it. That was the issue. Second, uh, the, when you look at the KKK, what is it that they're fighting for? They're not like they're not fighting not to be discriminated against. They're not fighting to stand up for their manhood. They're fighting to preserve Hate and white supremacy. It is a very—they have different goals, period. Yeah, like almost
1: like polar opposite goals. You know, <laughs> yes. there was like the, the 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 weapon thing. The weapons thing can be jarring to see. You know, like the the, the Black Panthers carrying them and so forth. But again, like I, I saw that. If you see that in context, what they dealt with was an abuse of power from law enforcement and from other forces, extra judi- judicial forces like the KKK or other groups that. There was an abuse of power. There was a use of weapons against black folks that wasn't some, something that the police didn't provide protection from, and sometimes the police were perpetrating. So the response, the natural response to that is, okay, well, if we're getting abused, the, you know, the 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 powers that be, so to speak, or the people with guns are abusing us, then we'll get our own guns, and therefore we won't be just the we won't be at at a, at a knife or at a gunfight with you know just our fist raised high. We don't want to be at a gun you know gunfight with that. So the response was that we're going to have our own guns and that led to a whole bunch of fascinating things where, you know, Ron, Ronald Reagan in California is, it becomes, that passes the most, one of some of the most strict anti-gun laws, you know, Ronald Reagan that is you know, passes some mm-hmm. of the most strict anti-gun laws in California you know, Ronald Reagan, the, a the man, the man that's
0: supposed to be for for gun rights across the board He's, you yeah. know, like, oh no, we didn't mean that we didn't mean
1: <laughs> black people with <were laughs> guns that's the a- <laughs> That's not, how, that's not what we meant. I just want to be clear. And so but I do think and, and so when you have a bunch of young people um, in, in hot situations, I think part of the consequence of that is when you have a bunch of firearms around, then things will happen that are not necessarily consistent with the mission or consistent with the idea of self-defense and so forth. So that did happen. There were. Things that were not necessarily what you want to put your best foot forward with that. But again, that can't be allowed to take away from the mission. The mission being the, the purpose being to prevent subjugation, to prevent people from abusing power. And as you pointed out, the false equivalency, one group is carrying weapons and, and doing things extra judiciously in order to subjugate, in order yes. to abuse power. And then the other is just doing is, is carrying weapons and so forth to try to prevent that from happening, to try to defend people who oftentimes can't defend themselves or who are just put in situations that are not of their own doing because of the color of their skin. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, and the other piece with that, just by the way, is... The guy that the FBI agent when he's talking to O'Neill about that is surely manipulating him. The FBI oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. was not pro Dr. King. No, no, no.
0: <laughs> the FBI followed Dr. King. <clears throat> they followed Malcolm X, and we'll talk about this on another show. But I believe they were they were partially responsible for Malcolm X's death. There's a lot of great, there's a lot of there's a lot of corroborating evidence now that we didn't have uh, 10, 15 years ago that we certainly have now. Uh so and and we know they followed around Dr. King everywhere he went, and we know that a- Jagger Hooper
1: Bones,
0: yeah, you know, Hoover had a very similar feeling about Dr. King as he had for Malcolm X. Uh, so, so it's not like they really liked him. It's just it's easy to point to somebody that's a martyr now to say, well, he was the he was the model we should be. But you, you they didn't like him either.
1: <laughs> not, <laughs> not when he was given speeches They might no, once no. he was dead they might have looked back to your point once he was dead they might have been like oh yeah that guy was great you know but when he was alive when he was giving speeches when no. he was organizing marching then no nah, they, they, were, they were warrantless searches of his, per, of, of his things um, trumped up charges and so forth so you know it, it was all anyone who agitated for the country to live up to the creed of all men are created equal was someone who, particularly when it came to African-Americans and black folks, uh, was someone that drew the ire of the FBI in that time.
0: Yep. And the KKK, just uh, just one more thing on this point. As he tried to, he was clearly manipulating Bill O'Neill, saying they're just like the KKK. But this is something I noticed about the KKK. Do you remember them going into the KKK and just killing them in their sleep? Do you remember them going <laughs> to the KKK and blowing up their places? Like they did this to the Black Panthers. It wasn't Fred yes. Hampton was one example of many they went they 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 blew up a whole block in Philadelphia of black panthers yeah. i mean they yeah i mean it was very different treatment it, 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 they didn't treat the kkk like this this is this is different because they were treating black people that were standing up for their second amendment rights and they like yeah. no we can't, we can't, we we do not want this and they wanted to do everything possible to make sure no one would go along with the community organization of the black panthers or do anything like that and they pretty much succeeded because people didn't want to be they wanted yeah. to be staying in the team pool. Like people wanna people wanna live, right? So they get yeah. so they get the point. Like if, if we can't do what you know some Trump supporters and others do, you get angry. I think I actually think Dave Chappelle talked about this. He said he uh, he just had a recent little small show come out. Mm-hmm. He said you you know, people just went up there and they just shit on the walls because they got upset. He said, You know how many times black people got upset? We can't go to the Capitol and just shit on the walls, yeah, because we yeah. wouldn't exist.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, right. No, I mean, it when, when things when when the KKK, for example, commits heinous acts, um, illegal acts, then all of the things that we talk about from the principles of the country, as far as uh, guilty until proven innocent and the, the the right to be free from unreasonable search and seizure, and you know all those things apply. If we're lucky, and they get prosecuted. If we're lucky, and sometimes they want to get prosecuted. Um, but if we're lucky and they get prosecuted, all those things apply. But with the Black Panthers, none of those things apply. You know, it was always. It, it was guilty without question it was we don't need a trial we don't need any of that stuff like you we said don't, we'll we, don't in the of the we don't need
0: procedure we don't need a reason we don't even need to let you go to jail i mean at the end of the story just you hadn't seen it so just cover your ears or something but at the end of the story <laughs> they actually there's a few things happened. they drugged the man and then they shot him in his sleep yeah and killed him and made sure he was dead because their goal was to assassinate them. And this was orchestrated by the FBI. And and as I said, I, I believe, and we have a lot of corroborating evidence, this is this was done in a lot of different black organizations. So when people tell, tell me, James, like, well, slavery was a long time ago. What are you talking about? Institutional racism. You had this point, like right after the 60s and the 70s, where black people were working to, to build more self-sufficiency organizations to work together and... You know the the FBI and 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 governments ruined that. They wanted to make sure that people weren't working together in that way. So this is what they did. I mean, this is part of what happened. There was infiltration to prevent uh, our communities from organizing. And let's be really clear: like, even if you want to say, and I'm sure there was, uh, there were people in the Black Panthers that committed crimes that did stuff wrong.
1: I mean, there are this. in any population of people. There's people who commit crimes. There's people who aren't who don't. You know, like, but go ahead. There,
0: there there is, but and. By the way, if you look at how, just be real honest, how 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 some immigrants organized in this country—the Irish, the Italians—like a lot of them had to work underground and do what they needed to do, and they didn't have the whole FBI blow up all their spot. But we weren't like they blew up their whole spot. And then, if you get what happened actually right after this, in, in the in the 80s and 90s, what happened? We had crack cocaine introduced to the community, and all those people went to jail immediately. Like there was no. There was they, they weren't able to build capital like other people were able to build capital where you could say from criminal means or whatever. But we know other people were able to do that and turn it into Wall Street and other stuff like that. Like there was the infiltration of the government went all the way with black people pretty early. And then people say, well, why are there no jobs? and no there's, there's, there's really nothing going on in the community. This stuff doesn't happen overnight. It was a lot of things building on top of each other, and unfortunately, yeah. our government played a huge role in, in really destroying the society. So I think they should play a role in correcting things. That's how I, I mean.
1: It. Yeah, our government is very powerful. I mean, like if our government sets their mind to destroying something, they're really good at that. And so, <laughs> you know, it's 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 true. I mean, it's true. But it's unfortunate that that was turned internally. And the thing is, I think that it, it you shouldn't get lost in the fact that it's not like 100% of America or, or the non-Black America was for this or, or trying to to, to to do this stuff. But what ended up happening, it seems like at least, because again, I, there's a parallel to re- the Reconstruction era as well and the end of Reconstruction, is that the people who wanted to oppress, just over time at least, wanted it more than the people who wanted everyone to be equal and everyone to be free. And so we, we, you can actually see this parallel right now um, the norm, so to speak, is that the people who want to treat other people really badly are out there doing it every day. And the people that are saying, why don't we just treat people with a level of dignity? Or, they'll, they'll say it if you really push them. But they're not really trying to, to step up and say, look, everybody needs to do this. They're, Except, not,
0: they're not willing to risk their privilege in general to do it, which is the well,
1: issue. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, but when th- certain things happen, it does trigger like we saw this past summer after the, the George Floyd killing. Um, a lot of people were snapped out of it, so to speak, temporarily. Oh, yeah, they yeah. were like, "Hey, hold up, you know, like this isn't what I want." Uh, but the problem is, is that over time, that you kind of p- regress back to the mean of, "Oh, well, I, I would like everyone to be free, but I'm gonna, you know, I'm just gonna keep doing what I got to do, you know, for my own life." Which, you know, to some degree is understandable. But the people who want to oppress—that's a full-time job for them, more than a full-time job. That's a—that's yep. their life's work. That's their <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're trying to figure out ways to oppress every day, you know. And so, if if someone's not there, matching their energy and matching their planning as far as, well, how can we, how can we get less less black people to vote? There's people are trying to figure that out right now, people you know, like, that right now. That's they're, right they're, they're passing the bill in Georgia to say, "Oh, this is enough.
0: You're <laughs> not y'all black. you like they already got the plan. <laughs> they already so, got the plan. Yeah,
1: and, and they're coming up. With they're going to try to so, replicate it all across the country. Exactly. So if if others who do believe in freedom and believe in equality aren't also doing that type of planning when it's not hot, when it's not uh, two days after some heinous act is recorded on video or a few years after the South decides to just declare war on the North and kill a bunch of people. It, it, it can't just be, the energy can't just be during that time frame. Although that's the tendency basically.
0: Yeah. Uh, so it's, uh, uh really thinking about, uh, Fred Hampton, and it was interesting. I think you brought this up to me, and I didn't know this, but he was uh, – I think they bring it up in a movie that he uh, – Fred Hampton was in the NAACP before and decided well, – yeah,
1: from what I gathered, he tried to work with them at initially. And, yeah, he tried to work with know.
0: them initially, but he got frustrated by their their incrementalism and their just slow-moving. And, and so what do you think about that message in terms of uh, the way to go about change, incrementalism versus bold action? Like, what's your – What's your perspective on what that said in the movie and generally how that applies right now?
1: Oh, that's, that's the eternal question in a lot of different respects. And, you know, for the struggle of, in, with, with black America is one of the, the ones that we've had for a long time for myself. I don't look at it as an either, or, I think you need both. I think you need like the people who are, have the energy, so to speak, need to be pushing for big change, immediate change through their means, through, you know, with, with. the the power of people, you know, getting out with a lot of people, demonstrating things like that, demanding, making demands, uh, boycotting, whatever you can do, take it to harness energy. But at the same time, there should also be people who are planning and trying to do things on a more long term scale. Like you need the the NAACP figuring out the plan that's going to get you to Brown v. Board of Education. But you also need people doing the Montgomery bus boycott. You need them both. Like you can't have, it can't just be all everybody. We're just going to do this long-term plan. And if you're not doing the long-term plan, you're part of the problem. And it can't be everybody saying, Hey, we need change tomorrow. We need change tomorrow. We're going to keep, we're going to stay in the street until there's a change. It can't be all or nothing. And I think that it's it's a false choice, but you yourself may only be in one camp, but you can't, then try to marginalize the people that yeah. are in the other camp because you yourself are like, no, I want change right away and I'm, st- I'm not leaving the street until there's change. And then vice versa, the people who are planning and so forth shouldn't marginalize or try to marginalize or minimize with the people who are bringing that energy and are really trying to make things happen right away. They shouldn't like so people need to, to recognize that if you're pulling in the same direction, then everybody can kind of pull their own way. Yeah. Uh,
0: what was uh, when. You know, one of the major points of the movie, too. I, I think if you talk to a lot of black people, I, I talked to my parents, for example, who still haven't seen the movie because they were, they were, they were in their twenties during this time, mm-hmm. and so it's all really said. So it pisses them off so much, and it just triggers so much, just anger a place that they don't want to be that they don't even want to see it right now, and they they probably will will support it, but they got to get themselves ready. And I've talked to people that are our age, and they just say. You know, they, they think it's a good movie. It's a great movie, but they're kind of, necessi- I don't know if they want to see a movie that's about black people getting killed and and just seeing the anger of it. Like, what's your what's your takeaway from that? Uh, it, it, it was, I'll, let me just say that. What's your takeaway and how did it make you feel in terms of, did you feel triggered in any way? Did it did it uh, move you in any way? I can say for me, it was definitely heavy. It was triggering, uh, but I'm still glad I watched it because I'm like, all right, this it gave me a greater appreciation for how involved our government was in infiltrating these organizations and how, and how far they went with it. And then, and then for a recent point of view, how, how, how it's important for us to stay involved and hold law enforcement accountable because if you don't hold them accountable, that's, I mean, that's where you can go. And you, if you, if you decide you're not going to get involved with your government, you say it doesn't matter. Like people, people get to doing whatever they want to. So we have to stay vigilant, have to stay involved, uh, That's even more so for Black people, but it's also true for everybody. It's true for White people too. I mean, your government will overstep unless you get involved. At least, so those are my takeaway. It was traumatic, but I still think it's very, very important. Uh, Particularly, I think it's important for Americans—not not not only Black Americans. It's probably more important for White Americans to watch this to get a really understanding, uh, a a really understanding uh, a root of history. And they can get a better understanding of how we got here with law enforcement. So I mm-hmm. think I think it's I think it's, it's keep people to watch. But I do understand how it can be triggering. What are your thoughts? Yeah,
1: yeah. I um like I approached something like that and and watched it. It was more of a somber type of mood. You know, when I when I watched it, I didn't watch it. You know, like oh, let me get some popcorn and you know, like I'm gonna chill out and (laughs) put my feet up. Like I wanted to watch it. I wanted to see it. I wanted to see how they they told the story. I was familiar with the story beforehand, so but I wanted to see how they told the story. uh, Whether they pulled punches, you know, or whether they tried to 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 present it in a way to make it more uh, palatable for Hollywood. So I you know I I, I saw that and yeah, it's it's I, I maintained my somber mood the whole time. I mean, it was. There's inspiration there, you know, and seeing someone like Fred Hanton, someone who's willing to lay it on the line like that, um, recognizing he's you know about to go toe-to-toe with a freight train, uh so yeah, that that's 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 inspirational. Um, it's also inspirational for me to see people working together to try to do something better. So I I like that as well. So there are it's not all like you know it's gonna end in, you know, there's a bad ending as far as. You know, you're not you're going to get close to someone or, you know, right. start to root for someone and then see them summarily executed. But, you know, it, that's sometimes that's what it is when you're looking at things that are historical, when you're looking at things that are not that that are like real information. There was
0: very little justice in history.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I um, I think we're spoiled now. I, I've been I, you've heard me say this, actually, when um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, I think right now we're all spoiled like we want. The things we consume, we want them as like participation trophies. Like we want. When we watch news, we want the news to tell us that everything that we thought is true, and to pat us on the back and say, "Ah, see, you're that's right." So <laughs> point of view.
0: I never thought about it from this point of view. When you're talking yeah. about, uh, particularly, I, I get that what you're saying with news, but when you talk about black people not wanting to see things, like, let me just hear, let me get
1: something that's feel good. Good. Well, this is history. Well, bro. Like I, I, I the other day, I watched Black Panther, the the movie Black Panther, which I right. enjoy. I enjoy the movie, but it's like, rubbing. yeah, that's that's just rubbing my belly, though. That's like, oh yeah, yeah, see, it's all good, man. Yeah. And so, but. Like sometimes you gotta, you know, eat your broccoli, you know, and so, like, watching this movie, you know, it's well done. So, you know, it it's not like you're, you will be
0: yeah. engaged, it's not yeah. a boring
1: movie. Like, I
0: like my stepson watched it twice, he's 10, he wanted to see it again. Like, so I think in that way, it's good because I think it yeah. also gives people some inspiration. Like, wow, look at these black leaders, they were doing their thing. This guy was 21, he was a yeah.
1: kid, amazing. He was a kid. O'Neill was very young too. Like that, when when O'Neal first got flipped by the FBI, he's like seventeen. It's like, man, what are they doing? I want to talk about that too. Let let let's let's get a little there was one other point I wanted to just with what you raised. Like, I thought it was very interesting when you talked about your parents because I actually talked to my mom and I've talked to my dad about this before. Like, their lifespan is fascinating. Like, they went to segregated schools and then you know the schools were desegregated while they were going to school. And then they live, you know, they see this stuff. They see, you know, Malcolm X be executed. They see Martin Luther King, Fred Hampton. Like, and that's just big names, you know, but many people in between now, you know, all the lynchings that took place during that time. And all the way to seeing Barack Obama become president and then to see Donald Trump become president. (laughs) The span of a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. Like. (laughs) and so, you know, just I'm always i fa- I'm endlessly fascinated by that lifespan, like the things that they've seen. And that again is is it's one thing you can look at it in, in a somber way, like man, you know, like you've had to keep pushing through a lot of things that you'll see that will be very discouraging. But on the same it, the same breath, if you look at the the long arc during that time frame that that they've you know been alive. Th- there's a lot to be encouraged about as well, you know, like and a lot to be proud of as far as for their generation and the generations that have followed. So I think that like I would definitely uh, people of, of any age, I think, could get something from this. And if you're the o- older generations would get like, yeah, that's, that's my generation. We That's part yep. of the things that were going on, you know, and then the younger generation, like you said, you know, with, with you know, like a 10 year old, you know, can can just they can relate to black
0: lives. Look, he understands what black lives matter. He understands yeah. what's going on. He understands George Floyd. And he sees this. He's like, wow. So I can see how we got here. I think it's very important <laughs> for people to understand it. Like this doesn't like we, we didn't wake up one day and all of a sudden a few black people were abused by police yeah. and law enforcement. Like and it, it wasn't we didn't make it up. It wasn't in a small amount. It's been systemic. It's been over a long period of time. So this helps people understand that like this. This is this
1: is far from new. This yeah, you know, it, it, the, the new part is that it's on video. You know, like the the, the, part, yeah, that's right. the only new thing is that somebody's sitting there with a phone, like, you know, recording it. But it's the, become
0: mainstream now for people to more people are saying we don't want this. Mm-hmm. And they understand that, like, okay, like we, we have plenty of good officers, but we got we got some shit going on we need to fix. <laughs> and well, you know, happens.
1: that that's an interesting point because that what they what what the FBI, like when you were talking earlier about how it compared it to the Klan or, or things like that. That's they always want a pretext. Like that's I think part of it is that if they just said, "Hey, let's just uh, oppress black people." Like I mean that that's a good thing to do, right? Then some people would be down for that. Yeah, but clearly not, <laughs> but not as many. <laughs> not as many, you know, yeah. less people would be down if they just said, "Yeah, yeah, just just put your your boot on the black man's neck and don't pick it up." Like not as many people would be down. So if you if you give a pretext and say, "Oh, well they're lazy or all, oh, well they're violent or all." Like then what you do is you try to get more people to to be okay with the oppression or with the things that you're doing right. and so that, you, I think condition, that you, you condition their mind to be ready for this for what you're
0: yeah. doing and make it acceptable right this exactly, is what exactly. we've done this a lot of times in america we did it right after reconstruction where they made black people out to be these villains we got to put them in jail and they did it then and and this is the this is a this is like you said is a great great it's a great comparison this was a repeat of reconstruction we had a lot of we've had a lot of shows on reconstruction i can't name them on top of my head but if you go back we can tell you about we 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 went through in detail the one we had with ruth bader ginsburg we talked about reconstruction Mm -hmm. so you can look at that uh but this period is the same thing there's always a there's always for every action there's a reaction and this is right this is you with barack obama you get donald racist trump like there's a reason why we got him right (laughs) i mean like and i don't want to mention his name hardly anymore and hopefully we don't have to anymore but the point is for every action is a reaction and people feel like their country is being taken away from them because for some people, equality seems like oppression <laughs> when you're yeah, used to, being, yeah. you know, or they feel like that, they're like, losing their way of life. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, with, when you think about Bill O'Neill and I kind of want to get ready to wrap up on this mm. point, but mm. Bill O'Neill, uh, uh, the person who was the rat, the, the traitor, whatever, whatever, I, w- I want to make a few points. First of all, a lot of the people that were committing the violence in, these, in, 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 in the Panthers were actually working for the FBI, <laughs> right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, people don't. So that's something. So they, they would do that to discredit the Panthers and others. So they put people in these organizations, have them honestly commit crimes, let them get away with those crimes, and then say, look at what those Panthers are doing, <laughs> so, right? And then yeah. the, the other part of the manipulation was really taking that the kid, Bill O'Neill is seventeen years, 17 years old, essentially a petty criminal. Yeah. And he was he, he he was definitely manipulated. He did not want to go this far and didn't realize it was going to happen. And I felt some I actually felt bad for him, too, because I, 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 I empathize with him. Doesn't mean you're not helpful. Uh, doesn't mean you're not accountable for your actions. But he's 17. You're being manipulated by people. And then once you're brought in, I mean, you basically have the option of keep going along or go to jail or have them
1: kill you. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that's the <laughs> thing. Like, when you hook somebody at 17, then whatever they're doing at 19, 20, 21, like, they can't leave. And they, they the movie made a point to show you that, where, you know, like, it, when the FBI thought he was starting to, to get second thoughts, they like, hey, we'll tell them that yeah. you're a rat. And, and they, will will, be, they will we'll let they will them kill, kill you. you. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly and, what they do, too. Yeah. And so, you know, yeah, I, I, I as well. I mean, like, I, not that I thought that he deserved to not be accountable for what he did, but it was just like, man, that's that's a tough spot, you know. Like, it, but, I'm glad I'm not in a spot like that. I mean, more so, like in that sense, like I can recognize that somebody's in a tough spot and right. still Cause understand. Cause he's yeah.
0: Like he wasn't wise enough. He didn't read the 48 Laws of Power. He couldn't figure out how to <laughs> figure out how to talk to one person and figure out how to outmaneuver the FBI when you're always yeah yeah that would be that would be a tough task. And this is why it was so hard for our communities to organize during this period. If you had this level of infiltration in your
1: organizations how will you ever advance like it's it's very very difficult during Don't that period think about it like this like the FBI those are grown men trained all of that stuff and they're good at what they do and yeah. in, in the community though they're not going and talking to a committed panther and saying hey you know, like, let's, I'll give you 10 bucks. And, you know, why don't you tell me what's going on? (laughs) They're going to people that are vulnerable, who aren't even really a part of the organization, aren't committed, aren't trained, aren't grown men. And they're flipping them. They're flipping the people who are vulnerable. And so it's not like, the the, it's not a fair fight so to speak and i mean that's them being good at what they do you know like as far as if if they're trying to infiltrate organizations that are that are civilian organizations that's a good way to do it
0: yeah they're treating civilian organization like they're foreign terrorists that's that's the best way i can describe it
1: yeah and i mean it's 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 just unfortunate like you know you you, again you i think you put it correctly you empathize with the scenario and the circumstances that o'neill was in i mean at the same time you understand like look man like it you can't do that. Like you did it, yeah. you know. So I'm not going to be saying, "Oh, you know, poor you." But at the same time, it's like, "Oh man." Yeah. I mean,
0: he ended up. I mean, it was what was fascinating, James, is that how they they talked to him, and then at the at the end, they said, "Well, what would you tell your son?" And you can you could see the pain on his face, and then he mm-hmm. killed himself the next day. You're like, "Damn," it's just like all of that. Like that was really really hard for me. I'm like, that was uh, because you know you you know he was manipulated. You you know you feel bad about how he got there, and. And, and certainly I don't excuse what he what he the part his part he participated in having Fred Hampton uh, assassinated. But we know they would have found another person to do it. Yeah. They would have found somebody they would have because there was plenty of vulnerable people to choose from, especially at that age. And they yeah. knew what they were doing. So it's if it was if it wasn't this if it, if it wasn't Bill O'Neill, they would have found another Bill O'Neill. They were they were going to find a way uh, to use their power. And this is why we have to be really suspect. So I'm, I'm going to say this point. We, we talk about these insurrectionists i am for holding them accountable i'm gonna tell you what i'm totally against though i don't want any new laws about domestic terrorism i'm not for it yeah I, we don't need it don't, we don't we need got, it I don't, we got,
1: I law, we got like, laws that was against the law so <laughs> you know like we don't need anything
0: no I mean, yeah, because,
1: because yeah we all need to be vigilant and concerned about the abuse of power as you put out like as you put said earlier like all people need to be worried about that this is an example of yep. abuse of power, but this isn't the only way that power is abused. And so we all need to be that. That's the thing we need to watch out for, you know, like it, it, it is. as well as, you know, we all, I, I talk about this, you know, from time to time, like we all take the risk of our fellow citizens, so to speak, that somebody's going to veer off the road and crash into something or, you know, flip out and lose it. But the, the risk of the people that we empower and we pay, meaning law enforcement, um, politicians, elected officials, I should say, um, they, have a higher obligation to us than just your average citizen, because we are, we, the people are the ones that empower them. We, the people are the ones that give them a gun and a badge or that give them power to make decisions on our behalf. And so we need to be extra careful that they aren't the ones out there that are executing oppression, oppressive type things or doing things that, that's that color outside the line, so to speak.
0: Yep. Because it's Fred, it's Fred Hampton is Malcolm X next tomorrow. Could be you. And that's the reason why we got to stay Ooh. vigilant. I yeah, mean, that's the yeah. truth. I mean, we got to stay vigilant. But until next time, I'm Rob Richardson. I'm James Keyes. We'll see you next time.